I'm Justin. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Talk Podcast. So you're only available Sundays now? Just Sundays, yeah. Like originally, um, like, and I, I don't want to be, like, I don't want to sound ungrateful because, like, um, I'm getting more hours this way. But my boss kind of sprung it on me that I'm going to be working on Saturdays now. Mm. And, uh, like, I had just gotten into the whole, like, mindset of, ooh, I got the weekends. And then... He's like, hey, I was able to pull some strings, get you some extra hours. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. But, like, you know, <clears throat> having that, uh, the money is, is nice. Like, I can rest later. Right. Yeah. That's kind of my whole mindset um, with everything. Uh, so I'm going to be working with Shipped now, I think. I'm waiting to hear back from them. Hmm. But uh, apparently you can make decent money, and I mean, all I need is like an extra job to where I can put money away, especially for when the kid mm-hmm. shows up. Mm-hmm. Plus, I need to buy a house, you know, so. And those are expensive. Yeah, I'm trying to fight myself out of the uh, <laughs> poor category here. Whatever the, mm-hmm. what is it called? The poverty line. Yep. I'm um, coming swinging. I'm trying. It's hard. It is. Uh, everyone's thinking we're gonna we're gonna have a girl first. I don't know. Um, statistically, everybody on both sides of our family has had boys first. Huh. Supposedly, like um, heartburn uh, is supposed to be an indication of a hairy baby, and uh, a lot of morning sickness is supposed to be. An indication of a female baby. Oh, she's been having a lot of that morning sickness, so. Yeah. (laughs) I think, honestly, I think that's more just, like, anecdotal evidence that turn into old wives' tales, but. Oh, yeah, for sure. My dad posted on Facebook, you know, uh, he's gonna be a grandpa, and, you know, Mm -hmm. because he just met his dad for the first time, you know, a while back. Uh, His dad commented on the congrats. Then my dad replied, going, you're going to be a great-grandpa. And I was like, that's so sweet. That's so adorable. He has his dad. (laughs) That's so sweet. That's so, like, wholesome. I know. (laughs) Need some of that every now and then. Especially for this goddamn podcast. Right? (laughs) Have you, or do you watch American Horror Story? Uh, I do. Um, I only got partway through 1984, though. 1984. Okay, so you didn't see... Um, Wait. Was that a series? Which one is that? Mm-hmm. This is the most recent one. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay. So, you've seen Roanoke and all that. Oh, actually, no. I skipped Roanoke. Like, I watched the first two episodes, and I just could not get into it. It's, it's actually, I, I just finished it, and actually, I really enjoyed it more than some of the other ones, because it was a more horror aspect of it. 
I think the uh, thing that was throwing me was like the reenactment part. Yeah. Like it was a cool idea, but it just wasn't like sitting with me right. See, I watched Cult, and Cult was just boring to me. Cult? Like, like did you as... finish Cult? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, uh, end, almost like, done whenever... with uh, uh, what's the one after Cult? <laughs> um... Armageddon. Was it called Armageddon? Or something like apocalypse, that. Apocalypse, I think. Apocalypse, Apocalypse. I'm almost done with Apocalypse. I liked that one. Because I liked that it tied back to the first season. Yeah. Okay, I so... Liked... Oh, what, no, what, what about Cult, were you going to say? I was just going to say that, um, like, towards the end, whenever things get kind of tied together, like, it really uh, started getting me a little bit more... Like, I started getting more interested in it towards the end. I, mean, I like how they kept talking about different cults, and, like, he was doing different things different cult leaders did, and, like, like uh, mm-hmm. they definitely, like, did some research on him, because, like, oh, yeah. uh, the whole drinking the Kool-Aid thing, like, Jim Jones did that on multiple occasions, telling people, oh, this is it, mm-hmm. you know, just to test his people, and... And, like, I, I mean, I... I, I like Evan Peters. <laughs> he's just great, man. He is. He's like, a great actor. I, every woman I've met has some sort of crush on him if they watch American Horror Story. <laughs> I don't really have a crush on him, and I kind of think of him as Luke from The Office, but... Uh, I think of him as um, Quicksilver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um... <laughs> But, like, he did a great job as, like, because he was Jim Jones in, like, an episode of Cult. He was Manson in an episode yep. of Cult. I think the same episode. Like, he did it. Like, he's just a great actor. I did. I, I, I had to really watch the Jim Jones part. I was like, wait, is that Evan Peters? <laughs> like, I was, like, really watching. I was like, that's Evan Peters. The only thing I did not like about that, uh, that whole thing with the Jim Jones, was mm-hmm. how they had him drink the Kool-Aid and lay there dying in the pavilion. Yeah. That bugged me. I was like, that's not how yeah. it happened. <laughs> nah, he he ate a bullet. Oh. And there's question to whether he was the one that pulled the trigger. There, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so should we get into it? I think we should. Um, you want to go first, or would you like me to go first? Oh, wait, yeah, wait, what did I say? Yeah, who wants to go first? <laughs> Um, I'll go first, because I've got it right here handy. Alright, mine's kind of boring, so you can go first. I don't know if there's, like, such a thing as, like, a, a boring crime. Well, there was more to this guy than what I put into my story, we'll just say that. But, I mean, we don't cover him in depth like other podcasts, so, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, I, I mean, like, the way that I kind of look at it is, like, they're good um, snippets, and if somebody's interested, they can... Do more research. Extra research, because yeah. like a lot of these, like, I mean, there's entire books dedicated to some of these, and book series. Well, the ori- see, <laughs> the original reason I asked if you watched American Horror Story, uh, is because I I didn't realize until watching it and like googling it that Roanoke was an actual settlement colony that yeah. went missing. Well, sorta. They didn't really go missing. Well, I don't know about it all. I gotta read. I gotta read and do research. But I think it'd be fun to cover that one of these days. It is really interesting, but it's also kind of 
honestly, Roanoke's kind of boring because they, um, like, for all intents and purposes, it's been solved for, like, centuries. Like, they leave notes that say where they went. Like, they um, carefully deconstructed their settlement. So it's not like they all just kind of were whisked away into the air or anything. Wait, what was the whole Croatoan thing then? So that's, like, one of the, the native tribes. That's the name of one of them. Oh. So what the the prevailing theory is, is that... That was like Croatoan territory. Well, yeah, it, it definitely was. But the prevailing theory is, is that the, uh, the settlers just kind of joined up with that tribe and then just kind of intermarried into it. Hmm. They were like... Um, they and the settlers had a nice peaceful time together there was no like aggression between them so it's doubtful that they attacked the settlement okay but yeah yep 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 well i still want to do an episode on it yeah for sure like (laughs) there are just a million books out there about it like it's it's one of those things that like uh kind of like amelia Earhart. even though we pretty much know what happened like there's still just enough mystery to like really kind of hold people you know right so wasn't like one of the prevailing theories that she got eaten by crabs <laughs> i think so <laughs> i'm pretty sure that that was one of like them those giant ass not, not like little crabs like those big motherfuckers like those coconut crabs uh, uh-huh the ones that eat dogs like yeah. i don't like crabs as it is i don't want to see a crab so big that they get eat a dog like, oh, uh, you uh, and mm, I don't like animals with lots of legs and mm. snippers. Like, get the fuck away from me! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we derailed. We haven't started. Okay, let's go. All right. Um. <laughs> so mine takes place in hunting, uh, Huntington Beach, California, on April first, nineteen ninety. Um, a woman who was later given the the nickname Jane Doe 1990 was fatally struck by two westbound cars on the Pacific Coast Highway. Um, Both cars stopped, you know, and the police were notified, uh, but she was found dead on the side of the road. Neither of the drivers were cited for the incident. Um, Her death was just deemed accidental. She had no identification on her. She appeared to be between 17 and 24, and she had a piece of hair wrapped around her finger that looked like a ring. And then she had a lock of hair in her pocket as well. Okay, wait. Okay, so it wasn't, like, just, like, a piece of hair. It was, like, a little, like, actual hair ring? Yeah, like, like, like she took a, like, it was, like, a long strand of hair that she wrapped into, like, a ring. Okay. So it wasn't just, like, a part of the accident? No, no. Gotcha. No, it was definitely on purpose. Um, Her face had too much trauma uh, trauma to it to release a photograph to the public, so they had an artist uh, depiction to try to help find her identity. And uh, while the police were investigating, they did get some tips saying that this victim was named Andrea or Andrea, and she'd moved to the area from the East Coast, either Virginia or New York. Um, The acquaintances also explained that Andrea had informed them that she was adopted and she was in California trying to find her biological parents. 
Okay. So they had all this to go on, but it went cold. So in 1995, so five years later, um, Unsolved Mysteries uh, did a, a, well, part of an episode on her. And that's season seven, episode 14, for anybody that wants to watch it. Um, but nothing came out of it for another 15 years. So in 2010, her information was added into the National Missing and Unidentified Person System. And she was finally identified seven years after that in 2017. Okay. Um, because she had applied to a job at the U.S. Department of Agriculture in 1987. And somebody just finally got around to importing all of those fingerprints into the system because why would you do that earlier? So they just <laughs> happened to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, so then they were able to identify her as 26-year-old Andrea Kuiper. So it was Andrea. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, she left her home in Virginia to go to California to find her biological parents. So all of that panned out. They just didn't know her last name. And uh, they never saw her whenever she left. Um, they had called her like a month before her death to make sure everything was fine. And uh, they just kind of thought that she wanted to go her own way. So they didn't file a missing persons report, which is why the police had trouble finding her in the first place. So and, weird. Uh, yeah. And then her dad also said that um, he hoped that one day she would just pull up with a car full of her own kids and be like, hey, it's me. But unfortunately, they won't get that. No. But she got renamed. Like, she got her identity back. She was able to be, you know, right. like closure for her parents. So that's nice. Yeah, that's really good. But, like, I don't know. It's just like, why would you, like, <clears throat> never hear from her and then just not call or anything? You know what I mean? I've, I've seen a lot of, like, during the, the course of the blog of, like, people that just, they've been dead for a while and people didn't notice for a long time because, mm -hmm. like, a lot of times they just say, well, that was their personality. Like, they're very private, kept to themselves, so they just didn't want to pry. Yeah. But, I mean, like, man, that's, like, 27 years. Right. And you're like, well, she should have called by now. Right. Give it a year. You don't hear anything. Freak out. I mean, yeah, she's still gone, but like, oh, <laughs> I'm just being a crouch. I'm glad she got her name <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me get into mine. So you're you definitely know mine. Like, I didn't realize I knew mine until about halfway through, and I was like, oh, I've heard of this guy. <laughs> um. So mine. Is Jerome Henry Jerome Henry Brudos or Jerry Brudos? He was born January thirty first of nineteen thirty nine, and he was the youngest brother. And his mother did not want a son; she wanted a daughter. So you know how this goes. It's always sad. Yeah. So she um, 
emotionally and physically abused him, and by the age of five, he started to become obsessed with women's shoes. After he was playing with the stiletto heel, he found at a local junkyard. Uh, later on, he supposedly tried to steal his first grade shoe, first grade teacher's shoes. Uh, as a teenager, he was in and out of the psychotherapy and psychiatric hospitals. And around his teenagers, he began stalking women, knocking them down, and choking them until they were unconscious, and then stealing their shoes. By 17 years old, he had abducted a young woman and raped her at knife point, threatening to kill her if she did not meet his sexual demands. He was arrested and sent to a psychiatric hospital. Uh, <laughs> sent to a psychiatric. Psychiatric. He was arrested and sent to a psychiatric ward. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, the Oregon State Hospital for nine months. And during that period, it was found out that Bruto's sexual fantasies revolved around his hatred for women and for the hatred he had towards his mother. That seems to be fairly common. Yeah. No. I don't get how your hatred for your mother ties into sexual fantasies, but I mean, I guess. Yeah, talk to Freud about all that, because that's all he was all about. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was also diagnosed with being schizophrenic. He uh, graduated from high school in 1957 and became an electronics technician. So, let's see. Um, 67, or 57, so 11 years later, is when his first murder took place. Supposedly his first murder, you know, how they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Slauson was 19 years old and she was a door-to-door encyclopedia salesperson. And uh, Burdos led her to the basement while his mother and children were in the house. Oh my god. He knocked her out with a wooden plank and strangled her. He then uh, dressed her in different women's underwear and shoes and modeled her in provocative poses taking pictures Mm. of her. Um, once he finished taking his pictures, he used a, a hacksaw to cut her foot off, and he put that in the freezer. He then used that foot later <laughs> on. To, yeah. He uh, used that foot to model his collection of stolen high heels, and he disposed of her body in the Willamette River, and her body has never been recovered. Uh, the next murder was four months later in May of 1968. 18-year-old Karen Sprinker was abducted at gunpoint from a parking lot uh, department store. A parking lot of the department store. <laughs> it was, it's a department <laughs> store that sells parking lots. I would like two parking lots, please. Uh, during this attack, he was wearing women's clothing. He brought her to his garage and made her try in different undergarments and, po- and posed while he pho- photographed her and he raped her. Uh, he strangled her with a pulley and uh, he had sex with her corpse on multiple occasions. And this is the part where I found out that I actually remember this guy. He cut off one of her breasts to make a plastic mold out of it. But why? Because <laughs> he's fucked up. Oh, <laughs> that's the obvious answer, yeah. <laughs> he uh, tied her body to a six-cylinder car engine with a nylon cord, threw her body in the Willamette River, 
And Karen's body was discovered May 12th of 1969. So, like, a year later? Yep. Oof. Um, about six months go by since uh, he abducted Karen. And uh, November 26th of 1968, he abducted Jan, Susan, Whitney, who was 23. Her car broke down, and Brutus offered to give her a ride to his house so she could call a tow truck. While she was still in his car, though, he strangled her with a leather strap, and he raped her. Uh, well, after he murdered her, so he violated her body. He kept her body hanging in his garage with pulleys for several days. Yeah. Yeah. And he would also dress her up, take pictures of her, and violate her body as well. And Rudos cut off one of her breasts and made a resin mold out of it and used it as a paperweight. Oh, God. She's not laughing at the crime. She's laughing at how ridiculous it is. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's just, like... Oh, my God. Like... Body, mutila- yeah, body mutilation play. always gets to me. Right? Like, the same. And, like, the fact that he's making molds out of them, like... And, like, I don't know. If this was 30, 40 years later, I can guarantee you... It- could probably go into Spencer's gifts right now and find like one. a resin boob paperweight, you know? Right. Like as a gag gift. Yeah. Like God, man, like that's so that's so senseless. Mm-hmm. Um he tied her body to a piece of railroad iron, threw her body in the Willamette River as well, along with Slauson's foot because it had rotted by this t- point in time. Um, Even though he kept it in the freezer? Did he keep it in the freezer or am I just making that up? No, he kept it, he kept it in the freezer, but you know, he took it out to model shoes. And Oh, yeah, so oh. that thawing and refreezing would not be good. So uh, her body was discovered July 27th of 69. Um, so he kind of... Yeah. Okay, so the next one I'm about to tell you happens within a span of three days. Um, after uh, Jane's murder in November 26th, his next attempt was April 21st of 69 with Sharon Wood. He tried to abduct her with, uh, and he failed at that. The yeah. very next day, he tried to abduct Gloria Smith, and she was only 15, and he failed at that. Yeah. But the very next day, on April 23rd, he, abduct- he abducted 22-year-old Linda Sale. So he was just bound and determined right around this point in time, I guess. Um, he brought her back to his garage where he raped and strangled her and had his usual quote-unquote fun with the corpse. Ugh. He decided... That was my quote-unquote. I, I put that in my notes. Now I hate myself for it. <laughs> <laughs> and he, this is him, though. He decided not to cut off her breasts because they were too pink. What does that even mean? I don't know. Oh my god, man. But this part <sighs> is, is kind of gross. He decided to run electrical currents through her body to make it jump. Oh, but, weird. Um, yeah, but he wasn't, able, he wasn't able to get it to happen, so that's good. God, man, like, ugh. And uh, he tied her body to a transmission uh, with a nylon cord through that in the very same river. 
Um, and Linda's body was found May 10th of 69. So, let's get into what happened after this. So did they all get found, like, at the same time? <laughs> sort of. Um, and I put, so I feel bad for the next guy. So, next in guy. May, the, the, this coming, yes, a fisherman found the body of Sale and Sprinkler. And I, I feel bad for him because he was just trying to fish. He found both bodies two days apart from each other. So oh he went God. fishing, found his body, yeah, and then decides to go fishing two days later and finds the next body. Oh my God, this poor guy. Right. I would I put I put I, at that point I would just be convinced like the cops are gonna arrest me, you know? For real. <laughs> You're like they're never gonna believe this. Like the first one, yeah, okay. Hey guys, I found another one. <laughs> right. Okay. Hey guys, you aren't gonna believe this, but I found a third one. Right. Huh. So, um, after these bodies surfaced, they uh, started asking questions about uh at the nearby university of uh, suspicious men in the area, and that led them to uh, Brutos, who had been calling one of the students repeatedly, asking her for a date. And the police the police gave him a call, and he gave them the wrong address, which made them more suspicious. So, like, so like he was looking for this uh, the student's phone number. You said that he had kids earlier. Was he, like, married? I don't think he was married, because I don't see any mention of his wife. I don't see any mention of his wife anywhere. Okay. I believe he just lived with his children and his mother. Okay, like I mean, that's not. But like I said, there was a lot. There's a lot to this guy, um, which I'm kind of surprised you didn't. You don't know more about him. I'm surprised he even piped up at all. <laughs> like it seems vaguely familiar. The the shoes, especially like uh, like the shoe fetish killer or the shoe fetish slayer or something. Um, does he have a nickname? The Lust Killer and the Shoe Fetish Slayer, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, he sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't remember I, these details I don't all. remember him being married. Um, but I could be wrong. Uh, where was I? Oh, well, yeah, he gave him the wrong address. Uh, they finally got hit to his house, and they found copper wire that had been cut with the same tool that the cords that he used to wrap the women have been cut with. Dummy. Yeah. So he was arrested and he made a full confession. He was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences and while incarcerated he had piles of women's shoe catalogs. He... <laughs> God, this guy doesn't quit. <laughs> he wrote to major companies asking for them and claimed they were his substitute oh for porn. Like... Don't don't admit that, man. Just be like, hey, can I get a catalog? You don't need to throw in that you're going to like... I'm jerking off to him. Jerk I off to a, it? Come on, man. <laughs> we don't need to know that. Nobody needs to know that. Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, he had a parole hearing in 1995 in which he was told he will never be released. Good. Um, he was the longest incarcerated inmate when he died in uh, Oregon. He had been locked up for 37 years, and on March 28th of 2006, he died from liver cancer. 
Like, I don't want to, like, celebrate anybody's death, especially from cancer, but, I mean, like, this dude, like, he had no remorse. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, oh, I missed that one. Let me go after another one. Oh, missed that one. Better go after another one. Like, he was obviously unrelenting. Oh, my God. Class act. Uh, well, those were the stories. Let me, um, I didn't find a feel-good story yet. Uh, oh, jeez. I know. I always forget. No. I you, know, you know what we should do? <laughs> what was that? Um, it'll be a stupid little segue after our, um, wow, after our housekeeping putting uh like the uh the little the laugh from feel good ink would be the segue to our feel good story <laughs> feel good <laughs> it should just be that just, like your cover of it oh my cover of it yeah <laughs> yeah and that way we don't get copyrighted <laughs> yeah exactly did you see that steve Irwin's kids are over there in australia like saving all these animals and shit like, honestly, I would be surprised if they weren't. <laughs> I know. Like, that whole family. Like, I've been watching, uh, like, Steve and Terry since before, like, the actual Crocodile Hunter. Like, where Steve was all, like, super animated. Like, how we think of Steve Irwin, you know? Like, right, before yeah. that, he was, like, really subdued. And, like, he and Terry were just chill people hanging out with animals. Like, mm-hmm. rescuing animals. Like, I've been watching them since way back then. I mean, either of the I'm so glad that, like, their kids have never been in any sort of scandals or anything, you know? Like, oh, yeah. they're just a whole wholesome family that loves animals. Yeah, makes me happy. <laughs> okay, so this one is about animals, and I have no idea what this one's about, but the title is kind of intriguing. Uh-oh. I want to know what they have to do with each other. Who was this written by? By Good News Network. So not not McKinley Corbley. Okay. (laughs) But McKinley Corbley is from Good News Network. So by all means, it could be McKinley Corbley. (laughs) Couple protects endangered lemurs in Madagascar by launching mobile library to teach indigenous indigenous holy fuck. I know what indigenous is. <laughs> mm, I hate myself. I'm not good with words, apparently. Yosemite last week. Indigenous. Yosemite. Indigenous this week. <laughs> my, oh, my word of the week. A new segment with Unreal Skokes. Indigenous. Yosemite. Okay, anyways, they're teaching indigenous people to read to save the lemurs. Let's see how. When a young couple went on their 2014 honeymoon in Madagascar, one of the most cherished environments in the world, the heartbreaking problems of indigenous people, forests, and lemurs swirled around in their minds until one day a holistic solution revealed itself, like a bright sunbeam through the tangle of jungle canopy. Just 
Remember when the news used to be news? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Vaguely, yeah. Like, uh, it's not telling me a story. Just give it to me, Doc. But an ocean probably <laughs> could benefit from both wildlife and people is today a program that is easing the poverty of the Malagasy people while helping to save the endangered lemurs, which are found on the island of Madagascar and nowhere else. See, I didn't know that. They should have explained that in that movie, Madagascar. Maybe they did. Did you ever watch that movie, Dinosaur? The Disney movie? Fuck yeah. They've got, like, the island of lemurs. Yeah. As Madagascar. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's such a good movie. It's a good movie. It's so good. Remember the hand puppets? (laughs) I'm pretty sure they came with, like, McDonald's or Burger King meals. Almost positive. I could be very wrong. Wait, are you thinking about the Land Before Time? No. Because that was Pizza Hut. But I think you're too young to remember those. I know Land Before Time. No, the the toys specifically. Yeah, I don't remember the toys. They were... They smelled so bad of rubber. And they were impossible to get your hands into. And they did not move. But they were the coolest things ever. Hold on, I gotta look them up now. Maybe we're talking about the same thing. I don't think we are, though. Excuse me. No, we're definitely not. Cause I remember the T-Rex one. And if you're talking... I mean, fuck. They're both dinosaurs, but... Land before time. Puppet. Yo, did you see the new Star Wars? Oh, no. no. Okay, I know what you're talking about. No, that's not what I was talking about. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but no, I did not see the new Star Wars. I've been kind of disenamored. That's a word. With uh, the franchise for a while, so I skipped it. See, okay, fellow, I don't know, Star Wars people, Jedi's. Um, <laughs> uh, see, I um recently, like, I've always like enjoyed Star Wars, but I'm not one of those people that like is obsessed over the story and like gets angry when the movies get one thing wrong or one thing seems a little off. Yeah, I'm not that way either. But... I just enjoy them from the stories, really, and like not like the action. Like I'm not like that invested, I guess. So I enjoyed it. Um, that being said, what's the middle one? The uh, the one with Princess Leia flying through space. Um, that was the third. That was the second one of their trilogy. Last Jedi. Was it Last Jedi? Yeah, they could have done that differently. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see that one specifically because of Princess Larry or Princess Larry, <laughs> <laughs> Princess Le- Leia, Mary Poppins. Like it just no, no, I'm good. Like that did annoy me. I won't lie. Um, but overall, I enjoyed them. I uh, like for me, the original trilogy is kind of just where it's at for me, and not the. Um, digitally enhanced. That's me. That's the picture. That's the picture of the puppets I'm talking about. I do remember those. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, there's like uh, stupid TikToks of those. <laughs> oh God, TikTok. Um, but yeah, like I, it. I I love practical effects. Like I grew up on like uh-huh. movies, like um, 
like hammer films so like jason and the argonauts things that had like the stop motion animation mm-hmm. or like american werewolf in london where like the entire oh, yeah, 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 yeah. was practical like so that's kind of like it's just me being an old person that doesn't want change like i just prefer the old like 70s and 80s or all 70s I think some of them crossed over into the 80s for the the Star Wars, like where it was all well, all effects. models and yeah, exactly. Kit the storm, tr- yeah, just paintings just filmed at oh, an angle. Yeah, like no, I I completely understand what you're saying there. Like it puts you in the universe in a different way than it does now. That's for sure. Yeah, it feels more organic and like so. I was able to kind of like immerse myself in story more. Mm-hmm. So. Like with uh with the re-releases of the original trilogy, that kind of pulled me out a little bit, but there was enough in there that like I still kind of helped me. Well, and the, the best thing about it though hmm. is the now about technology nowadays. The lightsaber battles are much better than they were in the first oh, three Lord, movies. Yeah. <laughs> like it's literally <laughs> just them standing there, like nar, nar, nar. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like doing like really slow spins. I love yeah. it. It's so it's bad. So it's so good. <laughs> it's like watching the Olympics for gymnastics in the fifties, and then now, right? Like, it's just like night and day. I love me some lightsabers. Okay, so we're learning about lemurs, though. Oh yeah. My God. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you come here, folks. For the tangents. It's just, it's just that should be the new podcast. Ta- tangent. <laughs> I just, mean, you did want a new name. And it could be tangent, and we're not we even talk about murders. It's just me complaining for an hour. Yeah. There we go. I've heard worse ideas. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be any different than the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, so that guy. Let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship I have with that guy. <laughs> I like. I, I still think of him as the dude from news radio. Like, his stand-up was fucking hilarious, and I agree with most of his political views. But some of his political views are kind of fucking out there, or they contradict his other political views that he says he has. So it's kind of like a. <sighs> I'm kind of the same way, so I can't really hold that against him. Like, yeah. Like, I fucking hate guns, but I still support your right to have one, but I think <laughs> shit should be done. But, you know, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> Lemurs! This na- the nation's economy is the fourth <laughs> fastest growing in the world. Madagascar, that is. Uh, and <laughs> one of the fourth... One-fourth of the globe's vanilla... Oh, okay. So vanilla comes from that oh. island, and that's one... Wow, that's a lot. I've got a, a tidbit about vanilla whenever we're done with this. All right. You know, just <laughs> fucking tell me now. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, the root word for vanilla comes from the same root word for vagina. And they're both from the Latin for it's the word... because they're both delicious to eat. Oh, my lord. <laughs> it's uh it's Latin um, for sheath, like the sheath of a oh. sword. Wait, okay, but what okay, so I understand vagina and sheath, but vanilla and sheath. Have you uh... seen a vanilla bean pod? No. They're 
they they honestly they look kind of like a sheath of a sword. They're long and thin Vanilla and dark brown. Cod. Oh, okay. All right, okay, all right, all right. I got it. I understand. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so yeah. Anyway. Um, vanilla. One fourth of the world's vanilla comes from the island, so we gotta fucking protect it, people. Um, the vast majority of the adult Malagasy people can't even read, so they don't benefit from high-paying jobs. They are left to fend for themselves, living off the land, which enroaches on and endangers the wildlife surrounding them. Oh. Okay, so I, I think I get where this is going. The couple, Shana and Vlad, learned all of this from their tour. Um, well, from their tour guide, John Jacques. Raffin Omahaso Manana, a passionate <laughs> local who shared his vast experience of experiences of Malagasy culture and led them beyond designated tourist zones into isolated villages. So he was like, You want to see the crazy shit? And they're like, Yeah, so he took them to villages. They noticed that the schools for children had no books. Agricultural practices in villages were not sustainable. They decided they could address both these problems by tackling the literacy issue. So they partnered with JJ, created a mobile library um, designed to teach people about letters and the lemurs. Um, The nonprofit mobile library project employs two additional educators... And operates out of a van that travels to four villages every month in coordination with local schools. So they provide books. They offer workshops on how to improve crops. How to rely less on the forests. Um, that way they can develop new resources and leave more of the forest to the indigenous animals. 80% of which are not seen anywhere else in the world. Okay, so yeah, they're just giving out like tea. Okay, alright, alright. So this story keeps going. But I'm just going to summarize it for you guys. Because I think we can all figure out where it's going. They teach the people to read. And then they they can read about how to grow the crops. Not rely on the forest. That saves the lemurs. Boom. Boom. That was a long story. I mean, it's just because we keep getting distracted. Yeah. <laughs> the story wasn't so long. So much <laughs> all of our bullshit that we threw in there. Yeah, but lemurs are cool. Lemurs are cool. All right. You know what? We didn't do the housekeeping before. Let's feel good. (laughs) Find us on Facebook. We got a group and a page, Dead Talk Podcast. Email us at the Dead Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram (laughs) at Dead Talk Pod. Follow Sarah's page, Today in Horror History. And thank you, Crackalack Beats, for the intro and outro. Boom. Boom. <laughs> and Meredith will be back with us next week. But, you know, scheduling, Woo! we're all adults. I am so tired from the holidays and telling everybody Jessica's pregnant. And I'm just exhausted. Yep. Yep. I'm just waiting until all the baby showers and stuff hit. <sighs> we decided we're not going to do a gender reveal party because we don't want to do multiple parties. Also, like, okay, so, like, here I am being an old person again. Like, come on, guys. Like, you gotta have a baby shower, then you gotta have the gender reveal shower, then you gotta have, like, 
give us more presents because the baby came out. Like, just... <laughs> right, exactly. That's kind of my feeling on it. So we'll just think of some cute way to do a gender reveal, like picture or something. I'm not gonna I, no uh, for M, I did um, uh, a photo shoot with my cousin, who's a photographer. So I have this little tiny Xbox controller, like it's a it's a fake one. It's just a plastic shell that looks like a an Xbox controller. So we took that and then a regular Xbox controller and uh, well, a wired Xbox controller. So it's not a regular one. And we turned uh, the wire into a heart, and then had like the little one inside of the heart. So it was like mommy controller and baby controller. Okay. And then uh, we just did like a little. Um, border to it that was pink like there it is she's a girl the end one thing that we were going to do um the professor oak thing from pokemon are you a boy or a girl that's cute yeah obviously Um, professor oak is so stupid (laughs) (laughs) i love it the whole premise of pokemon is so bad but i still love (laughs) it Hey, ten-year-old. Right. Hey, you want to go out to the to the wild with little to no money and only make money by battling other trainers? Like forcing these animals into servitude. Also, like they're gigantic and can and will kill you. Or right. They can't, but you know. They could if this was real. Yeah. And you also eat them, but they don't talk about that ever. Pokemon. Uh, we gotta do a thing about Pokemon. Uh, actually, um, Wait, what do you mean you gotta do? Like, do you not like Pokemon? No, I, I, I well, I didn't grow up on Pokemon. I came out whenever I was in high school, like my senior year. Uh, but so you, were, you were too cool for Pokemon? No, <laughs> I was not too cool for Pokemon. <laughs> I bought um, a friend of mine was selling his cards from the trading card game whenever the first season or the first series was the only one out. Mm-hmm. And I bought, he had one of each of them from just the base deck and then he also had like half of them as a first edition and i bought the whole thing off of him for 200 bucks and then i sold one of the cards or i bought the whole thing off of him for 100 dollars. sold a first edition charizard for 200 if i had kept a hold of it it'd be worth like three grand now but don't you hate yourself not really because for a while there pokemon trading card game was not doing yeah no it definitely went downhill for like a few years. Yeah, um, like, it was a good long time. Um, Man, like, I wish I still had my cards when I was a kid. And uh, I'm mad at myself because I know I had cards, you know. And I really, I think I gave them to a friend because I just didn't want them anymore. You know, just one of those things. Mm-hmm. I had so many. I gave all of mine to my cousin, my photographer cousin. Because she still really, really enjoys Pokemon. So like here you go. And now she's a millionaire. No, nah, they're not <laughs> like they're not worth that much. Checked. I'm about to sell all my magic cards on eBay. I think Honestly, just because I like, just I never play magic and I don't know shit about yeah. them. Get them like if they're good cards, get them graded first. See, I don't know how do I know if they're good or not. Do I got to look up each of my cards? That's gonna <laughs> take forever. Yep. Yeah, owning like. Owning collectible cards and like selling them professionally is not as easy as people think it is. There is a decent amount of work, a lot of memorization. Oh yeah, so you gotta know what cards are 
worth something and what ones aren't. And... Mm-hmm. Which variants of cards are worth something, but which variants aren't worth anything. Yeah. It's crazy. I think that's the end of the episode. Well, I know Pokemon cards and stuff. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye.